The Nerd and Me Podcast presents The Week in Geek with your anchors, Alan and Jonathan, with the five-day forecast, The Weather Wizard, and Casey Jones on Sports. Good evening, this is Alan, and welcome to The Week in Geek. Jonathan, what's our top story? Alan, today we're going to talk about box office numbers. Ooh. Yes, uh, over the holiday weekend, two, I guess two main movies came out. One was uh, Bumblebee, mm-hmm. and the other was Aquaman. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> so, you want to hear what they did? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Bumblebee premiered. The domestic box office as of December 25th is $34.2 million dollars. And the foreign was $31.1 million for a total of $65.3 million. This is just for opening day? Opening weekend. A weekend, okay. Uh, for the world. So worldwide intake from, I guess you would say Thursday to Tuesday, because uh, December 25th was a Tuesday, was $65.3 million. So what's that say about Bumblebee? In the whole grand scheme of things, I th- it did well. You think it did well? You know, you're probably going to go into the other movies, but there are a lot of I would say popular movies that came out this weekend. And typically when there's one blockbuster, everyone else dies. Sure. And to see that kind of number for Bumblebee, plus Mary Poppins, plus Aquaman, you know, there are a lot of big movies that came out. So I, I would consider that a success. Okay. Well, the budget was around $135 million. It's made a little less than half it back its first weekend worldwide. So it should do well. I don't know if it opened in China yet, because I know that the Transformer movies do really well in China. Yeah. Although there was a, uh, a dip in all Transformer movies. So just to go quickly, the first Transformers movie made Lifetime $319.2 million, uh, worldwide. Revenge of the Fallen made $402 million, which was its high watermark. A Dark of the Moon made $352.3 million. Age of Extinction... I didn't even know they made this many. 245.4 million. And last night only made 130 million. No oh Which I think prompted the remake of Bumblebee and kind of going back to its roots. Right. Did I see Age of Extinction? I feel like I've seen all these things, but I couldn't tell you what any of them are about. <laughs> anyway, so uh, we both saw Bumblebee separately. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like every time I say that, people think we went together. Right. I enjoyed it. I, you know, I think it was better than the best Transformers movie. I don't know if that says a lot, but <laughs> I definitely think it was the better of them all. Yeah, you weren't too happy with it? Nah, not really. I mean, <laughs> you and I talked off podcast about the things I didn't like. A lot of plot holes, a lot of things just didn't make any sense. And and I, I don't know, this, this to me sounds terrible, but I, I feel like everyone's defaulting to like the 80s nowadays. You know, like this whole... It's like, it's almost too much. And you know, the music that they play in the movie is kind of not my type of music either. So maybe that kind of didn't really hit my 80s nostalgia button, like I guess for others and stuff. But it was serviceable. My daughter just absolutely did not like it, period. And the movie wasn't really... Well, here's the thing. I thought this movie would be more of a springboard for this generation to kind of take along with it. And, you know, when you do, like, an 80s concept, I think it is appealing to, like, you know, like you and I. I think, you know, Mm -hmm. we would enjoy that kind of stuff. But it it did nothing for her. It did absolutely nothing for her. You know, like, she didn't get it. Like, I went giggly when I saw um, Soundwave. It's like, oh, my God, he looks awesome. And, you know, all those things on Cybertron just oh man it was so cool I was thinking wow you know I wish the original Transformers you know the Michael Bay ones were something like that and then after that kind of fell apart for me you know like 
just I don't, you know, I don't want to nitpick this movie, but th- it, it just didn't hit as hard as I thought it would. Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, yeah, I can see why it didn't work on your daughter, but it definitely worked on us older guys because you're right. That whole opening scene on Cybertron was awesome. I was just like, in my head, I was like, oh my god, there's Wheeljack. Oh my god, there's RC. There's there's Optimus. There's Sound uh, Sound Soundwave and Ravage look awesome. Oh, and yeah. even Shockwave looked great. Yeah. And Starscream and all those guys look great. And then the one scene of Cliff Jumper on one of the moons of Jupiter. Yeah. That's kind of sad, but I know. Um, <laughs> he, he looked great. Right. You know, so that was probably the best part of it, that these guys look like that. These Transformers look like the Transformers we grew up with. Yeah. They weren't updated. Yeah, but I could see why your daughter couldn't connect with it because she had nothing. You know, she didn't know these Transformers like we did. I mean, that and and plot storylines, there's just a lot of things that's like she she was annoyed with. Oh, here's they're always going to have that annoying young brother in a movie again. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) You know, just little things in a movie that it just turned her off. She's got a sophisticated head. (laughs) Yeah, they all do nowadays. They're all they're all smarter than us nowadays. (laughs) Yeah, it's you know it's hard to watch a it, It's weird to watch a movie nowadays. Maybe because since we started the podcast, to just to watch it just for their pure enjoyment, you know. And then I guess when you do movie reviews, it's hard not to watch a movie with a critical eye, you know, versus just sitting back and just enjoying it and stuff. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't okay. Know. Well, we both saw that, and we both saw this next movie we're going to talk about, which also hits a lot on the nostalgia. Aquaman, which we did our last show on, so yeah. if you want to hear what we think about it, go back and, and download that one. It's spoiler heavy, so please see the movie first before you listen. <laughs> we reported last week that Aquaman was released uh, about a week or two weeks before it was re- in, the, in other countries before it was released here in the U.S. So by the time it was released in the U.S., it was already at about $250 million worldwide, which is just ridiculous. Yeah. So it opened here last weekend and as of the 25th of December the domestic box office for Aquaman was 105.7 million mm. and as of Christmas Day its foreign was up to 451.1 million for a total of 556.8 million dollars already for Aquaman wow. it's predicted to, get to hit a billion mm. which would surpass Venom <laughs> that makes you happy <laughs> a little bit <laughs> Yeah, and we both really, you know, like I said, listen to the podcast, but we both pretty much had positive feelings for this movie and uh, think the success is warranted. And as we reported on the last twig, they, they've already um, decided to do a sequel. Oh, did they really? Yeah. Okay. Um, but are we surprised that uh, of all the DC movies, you know, if we asked two years ago, we said Aquaman be the one to break a billion. Do you think we believed it? <laughs> uh, no, probably not. No, because remember Justice League, I don't, even hit, I don't think it hit 700 million. So, yeah, and, you know, even if I were to ask you, like, would you think that Aquaman and Wonder Woman would be the two characters spearheading the DC universe? I mean, oh, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, not two years ago. Yeah. Batman Superman. But like we said, DC's started to do some things right. And I think it's showing in their box office numbers. Aquaman making a billion dollars is kind of sick, though, if you think about it. It really is, considering, you know, <laughs> it is, you know, it's a fine movie. It was a fun movie. Here's a weird thing. I don't know. I didn't, like, you know, my coworkers, my friends, no one's talking about Aquaman. No. I don't no. get it. <laughs> and I might, you know, I'm off until after New Year's, so I might see it again just because. Okay. But there are definitely other movies in front of it. Like, if this was a Star Wars movie, not called The Last Jedi, I would have seen <laughs> this probably twice already. Okay. You know, if it came out last, if it came out last Friday. Right. Get to it, I think, if, if I get to the other movies first. But again, as we always talk about, you know, hitting a billion really depends on rewatchability and yeah. people going to see it more than once. 
Yeah. I mean, it's a so, visual spectacle. It's amazing. It's definitely that, yes. Yeah. It's definitely that. So, yeah, Aquaman. Who, who knew Aquaman would save the DC Universe? <laughs> well, I, I'd probably say Wonder Woman got that one. Got the ball rolling? Yeah, definitely got the ball rolling. I mean, it, it was good. I walked out of there like, wow, that was really good. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Even now when I think of Aquaman, I don't think of... You know, Aquaman, Aqualad for the cartoons. I, I think now Jason Momoa is, is a relevant character in the Justice League. Good for them. Yeah, but you'll, you'll probably see him, him changing the comics to reflect Jason Momoa's look. Yeah. Him. Oh, you mean like with the darker hair, you mean? Yeah, it might be the end of the blonde hair, blue-eyed Aquaman. Oh. We'll see. Did they ever talk in comic books where Aquaman, you know, what his background really is? Yeah, he's Atlantean and white guy from Maine. <laughs> oh, really? White guy from Maine. Okay. Yeah. All right. There you go. Yeah. Goodbye, yeah, white so. guy from Maine. We'll see if they change it. You know, he's had a couple of reboots in the last few years. Right. So we'll see. Yeah. I don't... I mean, as a comic book reader for DC, does that bother you? If they change him? Yeah. A little bit, because I'm used to the blonde hair, blue-eyed Aquaman, and I liked him, and, I, and he's the one everybody craps on. That kind of bothers me. <laughs> he was always one of my favorite in the Justice League. I never liked him when people pooped on him. Really? He was your favorite in the Justice League? <laughs> Yeah, and the Super Friends. Yeah. Yeah, I like Super Friends. Okay. I think more about the colors. I always liked the color arc. Oh, did you? When I was a child. Yes. <laughs> well, All right, cool. so let's see if Bumblebee can make its money back, and let's see if Aquaman definitely hits a billion. I can. I can see Bumblebee making a little more more cash, especially when it hits China. Yeah, that's true, too. Yeah. Because they love the Transformer films. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Jonathan. Alan. <laughs> For the past year, we've been talking about uh, Disney Marvel taking over the Fox properties. Well, it looks like it's heading on soon. They just did an interview with Kevin Feige about when do they think these properties will start heading over to Disney and start spearheading what they're going to do with the franchise. And Feige says actually pretty close, possibly within the next six months to the, ne- and to the year, that they're going to start getting ideas down and it looks like according to the CEO of Disney that they want Feige to kind of be I guess in creative control over these Fox properties like what he's been doing with the vendors and stuff do you think that he's going to kind of mix it all together oh yeah he has to you mean like integrate X-Men and yeah they're going to be part of the Marvel Universe proper cinematic universe he has to. They keep them separate. Makes no sense. Well, the only reason why he asked is because, you know, they stuck to, you know, the original uh, 10 years. They had that planned out, you know, at this month or this year. Right. And then we're on the second phase. Would it be the second phase? The second no, half? Well, no, like phase four. I phase four. Yeah. They have that mapped out, too. So how do you implement these box properties into this because I'm sure that you know what they have planned out they're building up to some big storyline like they did with Infinity Gauntlet oh they'll figure it out I mean they you gotta remember like they weren't they had to change Civil War to get Spider-Man in there I think they were gonna use someone else Um, oh I didn't know that yeah because remember they didn't get Spider-Man until kind of late in the game right so they had to change it to add Spider-Man to Civil War and to add a movie in huh so I'm sure he's been thinking about it since yeah, we've been talking about it a year, so I'm sure Feige's been thinking about it for a year. Right. I know he says, he says, oh, they're not mine. I didn't thought of it. He's thought about them. That's People true. Thought about them. That's true. And this is the thing is, I was just thinking about this before we got online. We have zero idea of what's coming after Spider-Man Home, Far From Home. True. That doesn't mean they didn't plan it out. So they have to have 2020. I, like I said, I've said it before. I think if at the, the very latest, 
Comic Con in July, San Diego Comic Con. They're gonna they're gonna have a big presence there. Marvel films. They're gonna roll out, kind of like when they did a few years ago, and they put all those movies up on you know all those titles up on the screen. Oh they yeah. Put release dates. They're right. gonna, I think they're gonna do something like that again for the next phase. I don't know if they're going to go the whole thing, if this scroll thing that we're all assuming is going to be either Secret Invasion or some kind of scroll war, if they're going to make it a 10-year thing, but hmm. we'll see. We'll see. But we're going to see titles like Captain Marvel 2, Spider-Man 3, Eternals, Doctor Strange 2, uh, Guardians 3. This will all be on their plans coming after Far From Home. Look, what better way to end San Diego Comic-Con by releasing like an X-Men title? <laughs> like, you know, 2022 or something like that, you know? I wonder if they're going to totally reboot the franchise or continue on with the ideas or the, t- the time period that they're having. Because the problem with the X-Men is that there's so many different iterations of X-Men. And this would probably be the first time that Kevin Feige has, like, an established team versus starting off with the individual characters building up to a team. Right. And the thing with Fox is... They kind of stopped caring about the timeline, the X-Men timeline. Yeah. Because they, all the movies contradict themselves. Even when they tried to reset it with Days of Future Past. Yeah. You know, Apocalypse and, and now it looks like Dark Phoenix. It all kind of doesn't make sense. So you probably have to go I, clean slate then. Yeah, I think that bothers Feige. Yeah, I think he's more meticulous than that. Yeah. I think that jumbled this uh, bothers him. I think if he could get the star power of Jennifer Lawrence to stay on, he might do that. And if he could lure Hugh Jackman, which I mean, the guy's fifty now. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I honestly don't know if he would want Hugh Jackman to be. I'm gonna say the old man Logan's type story. You know what I mean? There is this this thing I saw online that Keanu Reeves as Logan. It's like that dude's in his fifties too. Is he? He is. Wow. And he looks great. Yeah, he's too skinny. Um, <laughs> I think Feige definitely has plans. I think he's keep it close to his vest until the merger's done and if everything's done by comic-con i think that's what we'll find out and he's gonna integrate him he's gotta integrate him yes sir yeah Yeah. definitely be fun because with the x-men movies it's always like regular people being fearful of them you know think of the dynamic if you have a superhero you have to have an avengers x-men versus x-men you know right because if you could pull a civil war you could pull off avengers versus (laughs) x-men That's my thought, at least. You know, it makes me sad, though, with, with you know, in, in comic books, they don't really age. And with, you know, you got a guy like Chris Evans playing Captain America, who in my mind, when you think of Captain America, you know, I, I think of him, that you only get him for a, a time period. It almost seems well, like unfortunate yeah. that, that they're, I mean, we'll see after Endgame if they're going to do something more with, like do a, like a role change or, or they can completely, you know, done with Cap. You know, I don't know what's going to happen with these guys afterward. Yeah, I mean, we don't know either because because also there's money involved. The more movies these actors do, the more money they get for per movie. So they got they got to look into that. And they're yeah, I mean, it's fortunate they're making this much money. But at some point, they got to go with the younger people and things like that. You know, we're talking about Excellent a lot, but what about the Fantastic Four? I'd love to see it. And everybody's clamoring for a uh, what's his name? I, I keep wanting to call oh, him. Oh, John Jim. Krasinski. John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. Oh, I see. oh my God! That's a Mr. Great Fantastic cast. and Invisible Woman. Yes. Because remember, Emily Blunt was supposed to be the Black Widow. I forgot why she she couldn't she do it, but it she's down. no. I thought I thought it interfered with another movie. Oh yeah, maybe. Right? Yeah, it could be. Anyway, you so, know, be a great Human Torch. Who? Chris Evans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought you were gonna say Howie Long. Oh come. On. <laughs> 
Oh, that sounds ridiculous to you? <laughs> yeah. The guy is 60 years old now. Years. If they now did... You know how it felt the last 20 years here. Stop it. Ahead. Earth X. If they did an Earth X, yeah, I can see no, them do that. Stop casting Howie Long. What? I'm saying if they did an Earth X. You can't act. All right. How many times have we seen John Cena in a movie? Come on. One too many at this point. <laughs> <laughs> hey, John Cena would be a good uh, old man in cab, too. I'm second talking to you when you act like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Allie, you know what time it is? Yes. Oh, man, we're at the end of the year already. Can you believe it? I do believe it. All right. It's time to hit, hit it. it. Oh. Yeah. There you go. It's time for... All right, Mr. Allen. Yes, Mr. Jonathan. Our first quick hit. <laughs> Alan, do you watch a uh, series on Netflix called Black Mirror? Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Love it. Black Mirror is an anthology series dealing with technology and how people interact with it. Great, great, great show. If you've never watched it, it's on Netflix. I think there's like three or four seasons. I think it originally started in England, right? Yeah. And Netflix brought it over. Well, we're, while we're waiting for the next season, patiently waiting for the next season, they're going to throw us a little bone. December the 28th, uh, Netflix will premiere Black Mirror Bandersnatch. It's a movie based in the Black Mirror universe and looks really, really good from the trailer. It takes place in 1984 and has to do with a video game developer. Oh, cool. So no one from the previous shows are going to be featured in this movie? There's no like continuation of a particular storyline? No, this is a brand new storyline. Interesting. Uh, but I'm sure it's going to be connected. You know how they connect all the different stories? Yeah. I think I'm sure there'll be some kind of connections in there. Black Mirror is so good. It really, it's very well written. It, very it well. really, really is. It's nice to watch original writing and programming and stuff, but it's it's just written so well. The John Hamill was really good, the one he's in. What? Which one was he in? The one where he's in the cabin with the guy talking to him and telling him stories about what he does for a living. Huh. I may have missed that one. Oh, it's really good. Really? Yeah, watch okay. it tonight. Okay. <laughs> I name of it. Yeah, I forgot the name of it. But yeah, Black Mirror tomorrow, 1228. I might watch it as soon as I wake up. Oh, you know what else is starting on Netflix starting January? What? The Indiana Jones movies. <laughs> Excited about because, you know, right now they're streaming free on Amazon Prime. And so every time I want to play that, I have to get out of my Netflix, open up Amazon Prime app, and then watch me Nina Jones. Oh, life is so hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now my daughter's going to be really upset with me. Uh, yeah, now I can watch Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yay. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so yeah, starting January. They're all coming over. I'm not too sure about the young indie ones, though. I only, I only read about the movies. Oh, man, I would love to watch the young indie ones. Yeah, yeah I didn't get into those very much. Because really? they have, like, two, like different time periods. Like, one was Indy's, like, really, really, really young. Like, he's, like, yeah, I don't 10. Like or, and then, like, more when he's, like, a young adult. Yeah, with Sean Patrick Flannery. Flannery or Flannery. Yeah. Those are the good ones. Right. I thought, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So stay tuned, because we will be continuing our shows on Indiana Jones with our next one, The Last Crusade, coming in January. Woohoo! Yeah, so... Keep listening. Okay. Uh, yeah, Netflix, awesome. And <laughs> Infinity War debuted Christmas Day on Netflix, which is pretty awesome. Oh, did it really? Oh, yeah, sure. it did. That's right, it did. Quick it. Hey, you got the DC streaming thing? I do, DC Universe Online. 
Now check this out. Warner Media is planning to unveil their streaming service by the end of 2019, competing against uh, you know Netflix, Amazon Prime, and all those guys. Now this is what really confused me. You know, DC Universe is Warner Brothers. Correct. So what is going on with these guys? I don't know. It, it is an odd thing. It'd be like Disney Plus having their own, like having Disney Plus and then a Marvel streaming service or a Star yeah. Wars streaming service. Right. And the thing about that is Warner Brothers also has the Harry Potter license. Right. So why would you spin off Harry? Why would you have it all on one platform? And this is my thinking. I think DC Universe Online, I don't think it's doing very well. Oh, okay. You mean the amount of subscribers you mean? Right. So what I think might happen, because like the the structure is all there to heart, you know what I mean? Like the... I don't know, the, the program, the structure of an online streaming service is there. Right. So maybe DC Universe Online slowly <laughs> becomes Warner Brothers streaming. Oh, I gotcha. That makes sense. Where you have sense. all your DC and then they just open it up to everything else. Yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah, which would be nice because I have a year subscription. So if they do that before the end of my year's up, I'd be, I'd have, you know, I'd have Warner Brothers for however long. Now, would you be upset if it was a totally separate entity? If they had, well, I wouldn't be upset because I wouldn't get the Warner Brothers anyway. Hmm. But I think if you're a fan of DC and of Warner Brothers, I'd be upset because they're making you buy two. Ser- it's like us getting mad at Disney for making us buy a Marvel channel and a Star Wars channel. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Instead of having a Disney channel like they're right. doing. That's crazy. Yeah, and I think I don't know. I mean, I don't know what they were thinking with the DC online, as opposed to Warner Brothers. Like, why not roll out Warner Brothers with the DC? You know what I mean? You could still premiere Titans and all that stuff on it. <laughs> John, I'm telling you right now, you're not going to become billionaires when we're going to have one service that has all the streaming services mm. at one flat price. And we'll call it Rope. <laughs> <laughs> rope TV. I like it. There you go. going to rope you in. There you go. Boom. Tagline. Boom. <laughs> Billionaires, right there. Here's our first billionaires. We could even have to do it. We could sell the idea for a billion dollars. Seriously, this is let's nuts. Go, let's go pitch it to Fox. I mean, look at these guys. They're making us pay, like per that, that's, that's like having you know your regular standard TV set, you know NBC, ABC, and all that stuff. But they're making you pay per channel. Is is what's boiling down to? No, now it's not even per channel. It's per like TV universe a, a product. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, you get the different strokes channel because it comes to different strokes of facts of life. Yeah. Instead of getting NBC. And then you get the Archie Bunker channel where you get Archie Bunker, Jefferson's, Maud, you know, everything that's spun off on it. It's like ridiculous. Yeah, it is. Is Warner Brothers going to have two separate channels in the sense of now they got DC, then they get into Warners. Are, is Harry Potter going to be on Warners or is it going to be its own channel? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think... What you mentioned earlier probably makes the most sense, the most logical sense to kind of like... Fold the DC Universe online. Yeah, it makes way more sense to do it like that. I, I think it's going to be, if they do the Warner Brothers things, and you're asking people to choose between, hey, I want to do the Harry Potter versus the DC stuff, it just it doesn't make sense. Fold it all together, and everyone will be happy. Yeah, I, and I think they risk getting people really mad by saying... You know, I bought this DC, but now you're making me buy Warner Brothers separately. Yeah. Click it. Click it. Episode nine, Alan. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> I said nine, not eight. <laughs> yeah, okay. 
episode Star Wars episode nine, which is coming out next December, less than a year from now. Uh, it's reported it's going to have a one year time jump. And, and, you know, you and I have this rule about reporting news about, you know, Star Wars and Marvel movies because we want to give it spoilers. But I think this is important because The Last Jedi is the only Star Wars movie that didn't have a time jump. And I think this with the end of The Last Jedi, how it ended with, you know, the rebellion down to 12 people mm-hmm. and such that you need this time jump in order to because you have to jump into it with action. You know, what I mean, it can't be a movie about reforming the rebellion. Is one year enough, though? I would say so, wouldn't you? If you need more. <laughs> well, be- between seven, A New Hope and The Last Jedi, I mean, I, I mean, I know in the movie it was like almost continuous, but I mean, you could have said that was a year gap in between, couldn't you? Oh, no, 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 not really. No, you can't. No. Yeah, that's right, because <laughs> Ray, it, it starts off with Ray confronting Luke Skywalker. Yeah, and, and also they're attacking the... The thing is that they attacked the base like right after they blew up Starkiller. Like there was no... Where'd the first order get all these people from to attack right after their base was blown up? Yeah. I oh, think the God, time jump will work. <laughs> you know, and we assume Ray's going to be doing some kind of training. Well, why should we assume? Because we assume she was going to do training in Last Jedi <laughs> with Ghost Luke. But we'll see. We'll see. What yeah. And plus, they, they're going to have to deal with Leia, too, because I know they're going to use old footage of her. Oh, is what that what they're going to do? They're going to use unused footage from Last Jedi and Force Awakens. Oh. But... I don't think, I mean, she has to, you don't think she survives the movie, do you? No, 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 no. I, I remember you, I think you said a way, way back that they should just do it in the, in the crawl. Just kind of explaining what happened to Princess Leia and just kind of, you know, be done yeah. with it. Or maybe at the most, open with her funeral. Yeah. But, you know, why would they listen to us? <laughs> what do we know? All right, so we have a year away and yeah, I'm not like super excited about it, but I'll go see it. Yeah, I have. I yeah. Are you not? You so you're not excited for episode nine? No, I'm like I'm like meh about it. I'm just like I'll definitely go see it. Yeah, and I don't want it to fail. I mean, I want it to be good, but yeah. I'm not like, oh my god, we gotta wait a whole year. <laughs> oh my god, when's the trailer coming out? I'm Isn't that crazy? Out. How the stories, like how we feel about it, yeah. really flopped after a movie. Well, maybe two movies. Oh, true. What, you're counting solo, you mean? Yeah, I'm counting solo. I I mean, I'm like, dude, I mean, we're both really looking forward to Endgame, and I know we're near feel this way about Star Wars. Uh, Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, you're right. Look, I want Endgame now. Like, I'm so excited for it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Quick it. Quick it. Marvel strikes a deal, Jonathan, with Nintendo for an exclusive role-playing game. The game is called... Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. Now, did you ever play the previous two games? It's the first one, the one where you have a team of four heroes and you're like on the shield helicarrier or something. Exacto Mundo. Yeah, I played that. I didn't get it, though. I oh. just played it. Oh. I just I was a button smasher. I didn't know if there was a story. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked them. One and two, I thought they were pretty fun. The second one came out, God, this is like several years ago. So it's really interesting that, that they're coming out with this third one now. But uh, I hate Marvel's. Well, I guess not interesting. Marvel's at an all time high. Pardon? It's for Nintendo uh, what, Switch? Switch? Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Do you have one of those? No. No. My nephew uh, got one on Christmas and he was playing it and it looked complicated to me. I'm so old. <laughs> <laughs> Just so old. <laughs> you know what I started playing recently, as of maybe four days ago? I started playing the Lego original Raiders of uh, Indiana Jones game. Oh, okay. I'm having a ball playing that game. 
for what the Xbox One? Well, it's a 360 port to the Xbox One. Right. Oh, yeah. so it was the original 360 game. Correct. So you can download on the Xbox One. Yeah. I'm I loving Star it Wars to ones. death. Those are great. I can't believe it. Yeah, the Lego games are really fun. I mean, they're button mashers, too, if you think about it. But they're fun. They are fun. And do you remember the they did the Lego Star Wars? Yeah, I had that. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah, Lego Star Wars. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. All right. All right. Quick hit. Quick hit. Alan, it's been confirmed that IG-88, the robotic bounty hunter, seen briefly in Empire and maybe in Jedi, I'm not sure if he's in Jabba's Palace, will be seen in the upcoming Star Wars show, The Mandalorian. Yeah. Now, the bounty hunters, what's what's cool about the bounty hunters is people fell in love with them and they were very briefly, I mean, seen on screen. Boba Fett got the most screen time if we're talking the original trilogy and people loved him right but they still they loved IG-88 they loved Bosk Dengar even has a following the guy who looks like he has a massive head wound Johnny Cash and who's the other guy um Bosk IG- oh Zuckus who's he's got like the fly head his head looks like a fly oh yeah yeah so um IG-88 anybody else now remember the Mandalorian takes place after Jedi so is there anyone from any of the trilogies you'd like to see Make an appearance in the Mandalorian. Uh, all of them. Oh, come on. What? Why not? All of who? Uh, all the ones that, that you mentioned when they were in Empire Strikes oh, Back. All yeah, all those guys. Well, I mean, even non-bound. Any particular like side characters you'd want to see? No. I, I mean, nothing comes to mind. Well, it's called the Mandalorian. So I would definitely love to see, if possible, from the Rebels TV series, Sabine Wren. Who's that? She was the uh, Mandalorian um, in the cartoon Rebels. Wait, and what's the name again? Sabine, S-A-B-I-N-E, uh-huh. last name Red, W-R-E-N. She was a cartoon. Uh. But I'd love to see her live action. She'd be older because she was like a, maybe a late teenager in the Rebels series. But yeah, she was a bad, uh, badass. Very cool. Yeah, one of my favorite characters. Do they talk about how far out after Return of the Jedi this is going to be? Uh, I don't think so. Because what? There's 30 years between Jedi and Force Awakens, I think, right? Yeah. I don't know that they go into it. And in Mandalorian, is Boba Fett going to be in it or no? I don't know, because remember, technically he died in Jedi. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Not allegedly, we saw him die. <laughs> no, you didn't. You, you saw him right. fall in the Sarlacc pit, but that's all you know. I'm reading this from uh, ComingSoon.net. After the stories of Jango and Boba Fett, another warrior emerges in the Star Wars universe. The Mandalorian is set after the fall of the Empire and before the emergence of the First Order. We follow the travails of a lone gunfighter in the outer reaches of the galaxy, far from the authority of the New Republic. Pedro Pascal will star as the lone Mandalorian gunfighter. It will be joined by Gina Carino, Giancarlo Esposito, Emily Swallow, Carl Weathers, Ahmed Abatai, Werner Herzog, and Nick Nolte. Nice. Oh, speaking of which, guess who Nick Nolte's going to play? Who? Or, or what? He's going to, well, it's rumored, and I hope this is true, because when I tell you what creature he might play, you're like, oh, that's totally Nick Nolte. Okay. You ready? Yeah. An Ugnaught. A what? An Ugnaught. They were on Bestman, they, they worked the, the the carbon chamber, the little pig-looking uh, thing. Oh, yeah. That's going to be Nick Nolte? Dude, he looks, he looks like an Ugnaught now. 
<laughs> oh. I hope it's true. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> uh, I'm not a big fan of IGAJ88. He's a freaking robot. Who cares? Nah, I know. The assassin droid. Right. Yeah. Right. Anyway. Yeah. All right. I mean, that's... Yeah. Right. Okay, no, 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 never mind. Never mind. Okay. Okay. <laughs> hey, Jonathan. When was hey, the last time up? you watched a Charlie Brown movie uh, show? Okay. When was the last time? Yeah. Like two weeks ago, Charlie Brown Christmas. Oh, good for you. Apple lands the rights to the Charlie Brown, Snoopy, and the rest of those guys in the uh, in a new Peanuts deal. And they're going to try and put out new content, mostly for... Uh, they have a partnership with DHX Media and produce original science, technology, engineering, and math kind of programs. I think you said something about something a time with NASA. Yeah, they have a deal with NASA because it's uh, it's going to be STEM related. STEM stands for science, technology, engineering, and math. It's a it's a focus of schools nowadays because apparently the U.S. is falling behind on that as compared to other countries. Although they have added A to it, they're calling it STEAM now. A means arts. Oh, really? Which is which is basically what you know. STEAM is just basically what we grew up with. Everything. A well-rounded education. <laughs> so, yeah, but for a long time, for the past few years, well, at least the past decade, there's been a push with STEM, and now they're calling it STEAM, because they're like, hey, don't forget the arts. Yeah, science, technology, engineering, and math, their partnership with NASA is to kind of, they want to get kids back into the sciences, especially space exploration, because as you know, our space program is really not much of a program anymore. So do like you think, you know, when I read this article, I was wondering, is this going to hinder any Snoopy, you know, like peanut projects because they did that, that movie of, what was it? A year or two ago, the peanuts movie. Yeah. It's about two years ago. Yeah. Two years ago. I love that movie. It was good. It, I don't know that it did well though. Uh, 130 like million in the U S two forty six war watt. Well, that's actually not bad. Depending okay. on what you cost. I liked it. It was endearing for me. Yeah, it was, it was good. Uh, it was computer generated though, art, right? Yeah. I liked it. I, I mean, Kind of forgettable. I don't remember what it was about. The little redheaded girl. It's always about the little redheaded girl. <laughs> Why? You know, if it costs hundred million to make, I definitely made money. Why wasn't there a part two? Uh, you know, it's it's weird when we talked about this. Oh, what did we do? Christmas something. We we brought up Charlie Brown and stuff. Like, do kids really know them today? Like how we knew them? You know, the the comic book strips are all basically reruns. There there aren't doing anything new with them and. I think a lot of kids may know of Snoopy, but don't really know him like we know him. You know, I, I just watched it recently on, uh, what was it, Amazon Prime, and they had a bunch of, like, the, the cartoons and stuff, and a lot of them were more on Linus's younger brother rerun, and boy, did it put me to sleep. It just was not interesting at all. Yeah, a rerun is, like, a really an addition. Yeah. To the, uh... And it confuses me, because it looks just like Linus. He's just a little smaller. <laughs> Maybe that's why it's called Rerun. Rerun. It's just a rerun of Linus. Anyway, I mean, I enjoyed Peanuts growing up, but. All right. Take it. Take it. Uh, sad news, Alan. Oh. Um, 12-18, December 18th, we lost Penny Marshall, best known as Laverne DeFazio from Laverne and Shirley, and as the director of hit movies such as Big and A League of Their Own. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was kind of sad. I met her. Well, I didn't meet her, but I saw her at a, a convention once, and she was not looking very healthy. Well, was so she, she like one of the, on a, on a panel or something? 
Oh, well, she was there signing autographs. She didn't do a Q&A, I don't think. Oh, really? Um, she was signing autographs, so, you know, I mean, she looked her age, put it that way. Oh, I like yeah. the Sullivan and Shirley. Yeah, it was fun. It spun out of a Happy Days. Yeah. It was a good show, and she it's stayed once Shirley left, and they moved to California. Yeah. That's kind of when they jumped the shark, I think. That was pretty dumb. <laughs> but, yes. The Big Ragu. The Big Ragu, yeah. Mm-hmm. Goodbye, Miss Penny Marshall. Right. Quick it. Let's see, a few weeks ago we reported that supposedly Henry Cavill, there was rumors that he was done with Superman only because that he was not going to play a role in uh, Shazam. However, Jason Momoa says he's not done yet. And uh, <laughs> I kind of agree with that one. I mean, I don't think we've read anywhere where, where it was officially said that Henry Cavill was out. I think people were just kind of running with the story and all that stuff. But uh, hey, um, it, can you imagine if we finally get this Superman movie that we've been waiting for with Henry Cavill as Superman? I am super excited. If this is really true and he's still going to be uh, with the Justice League, I'm really happy about it. Well, here's my thing. What's and it? again. We say it all the time. Given the right story, directing, whatever, he'd be a good Superman. If they're slowly moving away from the Snyderverse, does it behoove them to do a Man of Steel 2 with him? Or do they just reset with him and act like those other movies didn't exist? And make, you know, give him a brighter suit, a better attitude, all that stuff. Do you keep Lois, the same Lois Lane? You know what I mean? Do you keep what what parts of the of the Snyderverse do you keep and what do you let go of? Well, I think Zack Snyder universe to me is just more of his palette of the DC universe. Keeping Henry Cavill is okay to do. Well, you know, in Aquaman, they make one brief reference to the Snyderverse in the sense that Mara says to him, you know, you helped defeat Steppenwolf. Right. Otherwise, that movie totally takes place in a different universe. You know what I mean? If that little line didn't tether them to the Snyderverse, you right. would think. With the color, with the brightness, with the with the funness of this movie, you would think it's a totally different universe. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. If you looked at Justice League, especially when he came back to life, Superman's costume was brighter than it was in Man of Steel and BVS. Yeah. So they're kind of moving moving him toward that, and his even his attitude was changed. He smiled more. He joked. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think if it wasn't for the creepy lip, it would have been okay looking. Yeah. So do they do do they call it Man of Steel too? Do they even acknowledge Man of Steel, or do they call it, you know, Superman versus Brainiac or something like that, or Superman, whatever saves the world? You know, mm-hmm. do they do they Man of Steel to it or call it something else? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they're gonna do with it. Like, how do they distance themselves from the side? I don't think you have to necessarily distance yourself from it because, you know, they really have two actors that that came from that movie. It didn't harm them at all. I mean, you got two movies that are making boatloads of money without really trying not to say, hey, we're not part of that universe. I mean, they are part of that universe. It's just a different it's a different color palette. That's all. So you have Henry Cavill come back, reprise his role as Superman with just a brighter palette. That's all. You're just going to. Um, what's his name? Bob Ross. It, so <laughs> <laughs> just put happy little trees all over the place. Happy little trees. <laughs> yeah. The one guy, I mean, I would, if I had to say one guy that probably, I'm not going to say he doesn't fit, but Ben Affleck in a sense that the Ben Affleck that we got is a really, it's a much older Bruce Wayne. Right. You know, and I, and I would say if you had to reboot someone, it may be him only because 
of the choices they made with his character by bringing him in in Superman, uh, Superman versus Batman as just an older guy. He just doesn't really fit the team. Okay, but does this new Henry Cavill Superman movie, he still has the baggage of destroying half of Metropolis. And letting uh, you all you those do, just die. like they did in Aquaman, how you don't explain how you can't talk on the water. You just don't address it. <laughs> you just don't address it. Nah. Come on. What are you talking about? What do you mean to thread? I don't know what you're talking about. I gotta go now. <laughs> what? That wasn't uh, me. I can't hear you. <laughs> Too far away. <laughs> I'm flying to China. There's a tidal wave coming. That was funny. Hi. <laughs> See you later. His voice gets lower. See you later. <laughs> See you. Alright. <laughs> I can't hear you. You have super hearing. What? I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> what? All right. All right. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> but yeah, Jason Momoa, like, he's like, I just talked to Henry. He said he's 100% still Superman. I'm like, all right. Because, okay. you know, it's funny uh, that this came up because I recently re listened to that twig where we reported it. Yeah. And it was all, the whole thing was like rumors. Like, Henry Cavill was posting weird stuff on Instagram. Yeah. Remember, he, you know, with the dogs singing the, that song. You're right. Uh, and Warner's making the statement. Mm-hmm. That didn't say anything. Right. It's like, if he was out, why not just say he's out? So it's probably a negotiation thing. Yeah. And, and, or or all of, I bet you the only thing that article said was something about Henry Cavill won't be in Captain Marvel. Boom. Or Shazam. Boom. The whole internet went nuts. Like, oh, my God. He's out. And but oh, again, and also The Witcher was coming out on, on Netflix, too. Right. But it also makes you think that he's going to be in Shazam because, remember – his whatever his agent or whatever posted that picture that dark picture oh yeah 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 right so maybe this is all just a, a swerve to make people not think he's going to show up boom and it'll be like oh but, but is it worth it is all this trouble <laughs> worth it just to see him pop up in shazam yeah and again you're gonna have zachary levi stand next to harry <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right boy. all right alan what What's up? How are you feeling? Something. The animated DC films will now be released on DC Universe Online the same day as they're released in the stores. What? Which is actually very cool. Because they currently do have quite a few of the DC. The DC animated films go back to like 2007, 2008, something like that. Mm -hmm. So there's plenty of them out there. And they have a good chunk of them on, on the DC Universe Online. They don't have them all there yet. But I know one of the things because I get sent because I'm a, I subscribe to them. I get sent surveys like, "What do you want to see?" I'm like, uh, "I want the DC animated movies released online the same day you release them in the stores. Don't make me go out and buy another thing when I have the service I'm paying for." Right. So they listen to me and probably thousands of other people. Wow. And so the next DC universe movie to release is Reign of the Superman, which is part two to Death of Superman, which we loved that we saw earlier this year. Yeah. And it's going to be released online the same day it's released in the stores. It's an interesting what they're doing because don't you think they're losing opportunity to make money? It's, it sounds very un-corporate-like to do. That's a good question. Or maybe that's the reality of things. No one's buying the physical DVD anymore. Right. Maybe they're using it as, a, hey, you know, if you buy the DC online service, yeah, you get these animated movies. You're right. You know, so what's what's better? It's kind of like when we said, and they don't do this because they have a comic book reader. If they release their new releases online the same day as the physical copies, yeah, like that would I think that would make people subscribe 
by the hundreds, if not thousands. So how so, far well, out are is the physical comic book sales? How far out are the physical? Uh, like you know, if there's a comic book that's released Wednesday, how long will it take to get it onto the DC streaming service? Oh, I don't know. I, I don't even look at the comics. Oh, really. okay. So it's. I know some of their New Fifty Two stuff is out, but New Fifty Two ended like two or three years ago. Hmm, okay. So I, I don't think they're very recent. Gotcha. Um, I mean, that's a. I think that's a bigger problem for them if they get people to subscribe and they put the new comics out because they're definitely going to take a hit on the physical comics. Mm-hmm. Whereas this might lure people into buying their service. Yeah. You know, if you figure they put out three movies a year, or twenty bucks a year, twenty bucks each, roughly. You know, if you get someone to subscribe for a year, you're making whatever. I don't know what a year would cost, like one fifty maybe. Mm-hmm. I got it. I got a discount. You know, you're getting one fifty as opposed. You know, they're spending one fifty as opposed to sixty dollars for the movies. Gotcha. So, I think it's it's good on their part. Oh, actually, that might work for the comics too. Now, because comic books like four bucks each now, right? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think it only works for DC because they only put three maybe four animated out a year. So if you buy the service, you're you're definitely they're definitely getting more money from you. Got that makes yeah. Sense. yeah. And so I think it's perfect. It's a good selling point. Okay. Uh, I'm very much I definitely because if you listen to I just did a show with Jay on stuff you don't need to know, recapping Titans season one and I, I was not happy with it. And it's the reason I bought the the service and I'm in it for a year. And this this made me feel a little bit better about having it for a year. Okay. Because it would suck if I had to wait a few months after this thing came out before it dropped on the service. Right. Uh, Alan, Runaway Season 2 premiered on Hulu on the 21st of December. I did not watch Season 1. Our buddy Jay has and liked it a lot. Uh, but I'm bringing it up because it's a, it's a Marvel show. It is set in the Marvel Universe. I don't know if they make any allusions to it. But yeah, Runaway Season 2, 1221 on Hulu. Okay. Quick Alan. Yes. Oh, I thought you were going to say what? Disney is rebooting. Oh, that's a f- popular word in Hollywood right now. <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean. Caribbean? <laughs> Caribbean? Close enough. All those movies. They're rebooting it with no Johnny Depp. Does it need to be rebooted? Why don't you just continue on with new characters? I don't know. Well, I think maybe that's what they're doing. They're just saying it's no Johnny Depp. Oh, uh, the rumor is eighty spin on is what they're going to do. Well, the the rumor is a um, they just introduced, I guess, to the ride or something, a female pirate named Red R E G D. So the rumor is it's going to be focused on her in the movies. Oh, Let's see, yay, yeah. I'm not. I punched out the pirates. I, I it's kind of like Transformers. I've seen them all, uh, but I don't remember any of them. I remember the first one. I remember really, really liking the first one. Yeah, the first one was fantastic. And then they lost me after all the other ones. I've seen How many? All. Were there three or four? It's like, wow, total? Yeah. Maybe five? Really? Did you see them all or no? First one. Just the first one was really good. I really like. I remember watching that walk out like, whoa, that was good. Like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you didn't expect it to be what it was. Not at all. Yeah. And then the other ones, the stories were convoluted and people died and came back to life. It was crazy. All right. And finally, Alan. Mm-hmm. Uh, the DC Universe Online, they have a show where they call DC Daily. It's kind of like a uh, it's like a 20-minute news show. 
Yeah. All TC. Well, they, they've been teasing this. We're premiering something no one's ever seen before. We're premiering. Pre- they finally premiered it. And it was the Superman suit that Nick Cage was supposed to wear in his movie, Superman Lives. Hmm. Remember, it was Tim Burton's Superman movie. Right. I mean, it's an okay costume. It just looks very plastic. Uh, the S is smaller than, than usual. Like armor. Yeah, it was, they didn't look like armor? Yeah, pretty much. But, I mean, there's nothing remarkable about it. Actually, it looked more like New 52. It got rid of the red underwear and the yellow belt. Yeah. And, uh... Is it a good thing or a bad thing that we almost had Nick Cage as Superman? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. If you're curious about it, see the awesome, I don't know if you've ever seen the documentary, the awesome documentary called The Death of Superman Lives. What happened? I saw parts of that. That's it's terrible. a real, uh, the movie or the documentary? The documentary. Oh, I thought it was really good. I mean, but uh, Tim Burton was kind of talking up Nicolas Cage about, oh yeah, this suit looks great on you. And, you know, Nicolas Cage got this long black hair and... Yeah, I mean, it's not the documentary's fault. I mean, <laughs> the guy talked to Tim Burton. He talked to uh, Silver, or I forgot his name, the producer, Kevin Smith, who did a draft of the movie. Mm-hmm. I think he even talked to Nicolas Cage, too. I mean, he got some really good access. Right. But yeah, the suit looks ridiculous on him. And with the long black hair, it looks even worse. Of all the superheroes, don't you think he's probably the one that, that, that needs armor the least? Superman? Yeah, he can go butt naked and still kick ass. Yeah, he needs it the least, but Nick Cage needs it the most. <laughs> Does yeah, that make sense? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, what the heck were you thinking? Yeah, I don't know. Long-haired Nick Cage as Superman. Yeah, I don't know. God, I can't imagine. Was this a time period of Death of Superman, though? It was a little bit after. It was like Because, I mean, you know, he had the long hair in that. Yeah, yeah. Late 90s, early 2000s, I believe. Um, I mean, but even on that show, Lois and Clark, they did with a long-haired Clark for one episode, and <laughs> immediately episode two, they cut his hair. Did they really? Yeah, that didn't last very long. Did they make mention of it, or he just had one long No, I mean, it wasn't long, long, but it was just long-ish. What episode was it? Uh, what, where what? Do you know what episode that was, where he had the long hair? Uh, it was the very first episode. Oh, oh. Yeah, long, longer hair, let's put it that way. Yeah, because Lois and Clark is on the DC Universe online. Uh, I love that. Yeah, I know you love that show. I did. So, uh, yeah, so, all right. I uh, just wanted to mention it, that if you want to see it, it's pictures are on the internet. <laughs> of, uh, Enjoy. And I, I recommend The Death of Superman Lives What Happens. Okay. All right. And thus ends Quickets, and thus ends another episode of the week in geek this is alan signing off this is jonathan saying happy new year and you stay classy wherever you are